Fruity Pebbles, Pebbles and Bam Bam, Mercedes Boy by Pebbles. Are we talking about things John loved from his childhood? No, we're talking about those short-term goals we briefly mentioned on last week's episode number 291. Today, we're sharing five steps to create short-term financial goals that support your long-term financial goals, and you get all those big, bad, beautiful goals in your jar o' life. <laughs> we make the Queer Money Podcast for you. So if you have money questions, post them in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we may answer them in an upcoming episode. Now, on with those pebbles and this show. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. So continuing with our financial planning series, last week on episode 291, David and I shared an analogy that we like to use as the foundation for our long-term, short-term, and daily financial planning. And that's the story of the professor in the jar. And then last week, we dove into how to fill your jar with rocks or your long-term financial goals that typically take 10 plus years to achieve. For example, having enough money to be able to retire early or be able to retire at all at age 65, for example. Right. So this week, we're going to dive into the pebbles that you put into that jar or your short-term goals. Now, when we say short-term goals, we're not talking about weeks or months. These are actually a little bit longer than that. These are your goals that will take you about anywhere from about three to 10 years. It's like how I'm short, but I have big attitude. (laughs) Well, that's definitely true. (laughs) So an example here might be if your primary rock goal, your big rock goal is that retirement that John just talked about, a corresponding or a complementary short-term goal might be trying to max out your 401k contributions in as many years as possible. Really, the important thing here with your short-term goals is you want to make sure that they line up or are supporting your long-term goals. Those 10 years or longer goals, the shorter term goals want to support those. So again, here's another example. If you want to be mortgage-free by a certain time period, then you want to be looking at buying a home that's appropriately priced for your long-term life goals. You don't want to be house poor for three to 10 to long, many more years than that because you won't have the money to put towards those long-term goals. Another example might be if you want to pay for your kids to go to college, well, then make sure that you're adding two to $3,000 a year into a 529 plan instead of spending $1,000 or more on birthday or holiday gifts or parties for your children. Really, what we're getting at here is this idea of support, right? Your short-term support, your long-term. A similar analogy might be a marathoner who's running a marathon. When they're on that marathon path, they know that their ultimate goal is to reach that 26.2 mark, right? To finish that marathon. But every mile that they run, they're going to see a mile marker that tells them how many miles they run. So every mile, individual mile that they run needs to be on that path of that marathon. They could choose to go left or right and get completely off the path and still run a mile, but it wouldn't support their end goal of completing the marathon. Kind of like that turkey trot where I cut across the park and shaved off two miles of my run. Well, and I got to my turkey dinner faster. Yeah, exactly. You can do that with your financial goals, but if you're going to cheat on your financial goals, there are some pretty serious consequences. Do not cheat on your financial goals. Exactly. So today, as of the last week, we're giving you five steps to make reaching your one to three shorter term money goals 
all the easier. So step number one, as David started alluding to, is pick one to three smaller queer money goals that supports your longer-term goals, your 10-plus-year goals. So similar analogy, as we're, we're fond of analogies today, mm-hmm. is how do you eat an elephant? We don't well, eat elephants. We don't <laughs> eat elephants. <laughs> if you were to eat an elephant, you would do it one bite at a time, right? It's big. It's a lot. How are you going to chip away at that? one bite at a time. So the same thing you're doing here with your first step is to create short-term money goals that support your long-term money goals. Basically, we're going to be methodical, strategic with how we achieve those 10 plus year goals by coming up with a strategy that are three to 10 year goals. So an example, again, might be if you want to save $500,000 to be able to retire someday, then one short-term money goal might be to commit to investing an extra $100 a month into your retirement account. And then another short-term money goal to support that longer-term goal would be to commit to rebalancing your portfolio one to two times a year to make sure your investments align with what your investment objectives are. So similar to last week, the very first step in picking your or achieving your short-term financial goals is to make sure you're picking the right ones. So you want to be really crystal clear when you're picking your goals. That's the first step. Your second step really starts to take action in helping you achieve those. And the first step is in this or the total overall second step is to improve your cash flow. Really, the idea here is to spend less than you make and put the difference towards those short-term and long-term financial goals. Paula Pant, a friend of ours, which we refer to a lot, likes to use the expression, grow that gap, right? Grow the gap. So how do you grow the gap? Well, the primary ways of growing the gap are to increase your income and to reduce your expenses. Remember, nobody gets rich spending more money than they make, right? So if you want to be able to enjoy life and be able to reach your financial goals, you've got to focus on these two things. So when it comes to increasing your income, what are things that you can do right now? Well, especially in the current environment that we're in, ask to see if you can work overtime. Working an extra hour a week per year adds a total of 3% to your income. So look to work some overtime or maybe get a part-time job or a side hustle. We know that side hustles are really big right now with a lot of folks. If you're interested in a side hustle, go back and listen to episode 233, where we interviewed Daniela Flores. Daniela Flores came on and they talked about how to make extra money with a side hustle. The second part of this growing the gap or increasing your cash flow is to decrease your expenses. Now, we're going to cover some more examples of how to do this a little bit later on. But really, the important thing is is you got to look at your expenses, right? Do that spending analysis to see what you're spending your money on so you know where you can start to decrease. If you're looking for ways to both grow the gap here by increasing your income and reducing your expenses, go back and listen to episode 266, where we had or shared 10 ways to find extra money. Actually, that's episode 267. I'm sorry, you're right, 267. So, you know, the important thing here is that when you do increase your cash flow, you're wanting to make sure that that extra money is going towards those short-term financial goals that support the long-term financial goals. Right. So the first step in trying to reduce your expenses is to number one for that, but number three overall for these five steps is to improve your net worth. And what's the fastest way for most Americans to improve their net worth? It's Ah, paying off debt. (laughs) And most specifically for most Americans, especially this time of year of the holidays, is paying off credit card debt. Right. 
So the best way to start chipping away at that credit card debt, we have to say, if we do pat ourselves on the back, <laughs> is to download a free copy of the seven-step credit card debt slasher. Now you can get a free copy of that in the link on your podcast player or in the show description below if you are watching David's beautiful face <laughs> on YouTube. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Step number four is, again, one that supports the idea of reducing your expenses. When John and I were paying off our debt, we knew that we still wanted to have a good quality of life. We wanted to enjoy the things that we were already doing. But what we focused on was the NSE or the not so expensive or Another way of saying that is cheaper alternatives to what you like to do already. This really means figuring out how to shop strategically. There are so many tools out there available today that can really help you figure out how to spend anywhere from one to 10 or maybe even 20% less on the things that you enjoy doing and saving that extra money so that you can put that towards these goals. Using things like Google to search for discount codes or coupons, using Groupon, Living Social, Ibada, the Honey Chrome extension, and of course, Capital One's shopping. Capital One is the sponsor of this show. They support financial education for LGBTQ folks. Let's use some of the tools that they have available to us, especially this one, which is free, which allows you to get discounts on lots of the things you already buy. Step number five to create your short-term financial plan is specifically for queer people. You need to proactively plan our social life. Right. So many LGBTQ people, us once upon a time specifically, were going into debt trying to keep up with our friends and pretty much plan, failing to plan is planning to fail. In fact, most LGBTQ people spend money just to keep up with friends. That's what we were doing. And a recent study came out showing that 47% of millennials are doing the same thing. And that's not a good quality of life. That's not helping anybody achieve their long-term goals. That's just providing temporary satisfaction and long-term stress. So how do you become more proactive with planning your social life? Well, we encourage you to go to debtfreeguys.com and look for the article titled How to Have a Fabulous Gay Social Life. Pretty easy. <laughs> but a quick summary of that is to get a, a calendar to start using as your social life calendar. And then look, start looking out one to three months out and plugging in your calendar the most important things that you want to do, that you want to attend, such as birthdays and holidays and maybe attending pride. And then estimate what each of those is going to cost and how that's going to affect your month or your budget for the month. I think that one of the important things to remember when you're doing your social calendar is that there are going to be some commitments that you want to make, and you'll want to make sure that you commit to that in your budget. That's why it's so important to have this social calendar. So those big important things are the ones that we suggest putting in there first, because we know that no matter what, you're going to want to attend those or spend money on those. Exactly. And then Next, after you fill the calendar with those sort of big rock equivalent of the most important events that you want to attend is to fill in the gaps with the less important things, but also they're bigger, but less important, such as maybe one-off shows or games or parties that you want to attend. And then again, be very cognizant of what each, how each of those is going to affect that particular month's budget and only include those things if you can afford to actually do them. Then for any area of time that you want to do something, but you want to do something that's free or cheap, then go ahead and fill in the gap with the free or cheap things to do. So you might need to become the circle of friends that you run around with. You might become the Julie <laughs> Cruz director for that gaggle. And so you plan the potlucks, the game nights, the progressive dinners and the movie nights, and you get pretty proactive with going on Google and living social and what other 
any other resources you can find to find free local events or free charity events to attend. So you can still have a good quality of life where you're spending little to no money. And then if you're able to be more strategic with how you plan your social life, filling in a combination of the, the big, but slightly expensive, the big, but less important. And then filling it a lot with the free and cheap things to do, you'll still have a good quality of life and be able to have much more money that you can then put towards your short-term goals that support your long-term goals. Which is all done by growing the gap, right? So here are our five steps to recap that will help you achieve your short-term financial goals. Again, step number one, pick your one to three queer money goals that support your long-term goals. You want to make sure you're picking ones that support those long-term goals. Second step, improve your cash flow. We want to make sure that you're growing the amount of money that you're making and you're reducing your expenses. Third, grow your net worth. Your net worth is going to really help you feel the financial confidence to be able to go for those big goals. And the important way to do that is to pay off your debt, especially that really expensive credit card debt. Step number four, focus on the NSE, the not so expensive, find alternative ways to do the things that you already enjoy doing, cheaper ways to do those. And fifth, and probably one of the most important for us as queer folks, because we are so social, is to be really proactive about planning your social life, because this is an area where so many of us can easily blow our budget. All right. Thanks again. And stay tuned for your Queer Money Takeaway for this week. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Queer Money. Here's your Queer Money takeaway from this episode. What we're asking you to do with these five steps, in short, is to be more strategic with how you spend your money and your time. Being more intentional in this way will make it easier for you to reach your goals that feel too far away to be attainable. Absolutely. And then remember, join us next week for episode 293 of the Queer Money Podcast, where we wrap up this last episode of the financial planning series. We talk about how to create a daily financial plan that will help you reach those long and short-term goals a lot easier. We make this podcast for you. So please post your money questions in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we'll answer them in an upcoming episode. Thanks again, and have a great week.